Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything larceny. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. And of course, with me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kletchik. Andy, how you doing today? Uh, surviving. I'm not too bad. I mean, it's been raining the past few days and just enjoyable otherwise in terms of weather, so not too bad. Absolutely. Um... You know, it's just trying to survive shit and everything right now. For sure. Um, getting ready for spring and hopefully getting ready for a uh, Reds opening day parade again. Yeah, let's freaking hope, man. I'd love to go opening yeah. day. How, how many days out are we, do you know? Uh, opening day, well, I want to say opening day is about assuming we can, you know, do normal Reds shenanigans. For opening day, we're about a month, month and a half away. Okay. Because um, I think it's like opening day is about start of April or mid-April. Something like that. It, always, like it that. always varies. You never know. Sometimes the Reds Sometimes the reds do it early. Yeah. Uh, we're going to... We already just go... I just went ahead and poured ourselves a glass of the Larceny uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. John E. Fitzgerald. You guys should just go ahead and pour yourself a glass as well. Uh, cheers, Andy. Cheers. Sir, very good. Absolutely. I don't want to mess around. I want to just attack it head on, dive right on in. Andy, tell the folks everything they need to know about Larceny. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, Larceny, so this is a brand, originally they weren't really called Larceny. That name was something that really has only come about in the like last one to two decades-ish uh, for them. But it was something that was founded under the Fitzgerald bourbon name. At the uh, Stitzel Weller Distillery, I think back in the late 19th century, early 20th century, like right before Prohibition. Okay. Um, and it was something that, you know, rumor has it, uh, back about in the 1870s, Johnny F- John E. Fitzgerald, who of course was the namesake of the Fitzgerald, old Fitzgerald uh, bourbon brand. Um, originally founded his brand around that time from stores that he had, you know, quote unquote, smuggled from the Stitzelweller distillery. Um, and it was something that, you know, at the time he was originally a bonded U.S. Treasury agent. And if you know anything about bourbon, it's something that, you know, he was... At, you know, post-Bottled and Bond Act, or kind of around that time, we had a whole bunch of Bottled and Bond agents that were from the Treasury, I think it was the Treasury Department at least, either them or the IRS or something, who were responsible for basically sitting there and holding at least one of two distillery keys to each distillery that they were responsible for. Bourbon distillery, at least. Um you know, holding one of those to make sure that all of the bonded warehouses that they were responsible for, uh, were keeping the code as it was in federal U S federal regulations. Okay. Um, in terms of, you know, making sure it's at least four years old, 50% alcohol by volume, a hundred proof, yada, yada, yada. Um, Fitzgerald and, uh, 
the Colonel Taylor, E.H. Taylor, both were involved, it sounds like, in uh, making the Bottled and Bond Act happen. Yeah, in, in some aspect. Exactly. Which is interesting because Larceny's not actually Bottled and Bond, at least their regular's not, where yeah, the small no. batch for E.H. Taylor is. Yeah, no, you're exactly right in that regard. Um, you know, the regular Larceny is not uh, Bottled and Bond. As it is right now, at least. Um, and, you know, his job, John Fitzgerald's job, as I was saying, as a bonded U.S. Treasury agency, was basically to enforce that Bond Act of 1897. And, you know, and, you know, of course, he was sitting there and he held one of the two keys to each distillery that he, their warehouses, that their aging warehouses, and he eventually, at the old Fitch, I think it was the old Stitzelweller distillery, eventually bought out the second key, and it ended up just like pilfering off, slowly but surely, like old, or a, a little bit of each barrel that he oversaw, and those barrels were kind of, quote unquote, labeled as by Stitzelweller at least, um, labeled as Fitzgerald barrels, something like that. Um, and those, that portion of it that he ended up thieving from them, at least allegedly thieving from them, um, ended up becoming what was originally the John E. Fitzgerald bourbon brand, uh, what is now old Fitzgerald bought out by, uh, Heaven Hill. And they were, a lot of them were, uh, Supposedly, at least according to Stitzelweller, like the best barrels in each rack house, rick house in um, their property. So it's kind of something of, you know, maybe they were the best bourbons that he was kind of thieving from, from their perspective. And they were the smoothest bourbons tasting, at least to them. And... It was something that he, you know, of course, he was also someone who was famous for adopting or at least trying to spread the fame of weeded bourbons, which, mm. of course, as we know, um, you know, the Van Winkle and the Weller brands are famous, right. very, very famous for. Very much so. But he was someone that thought that weeded bourbons, at least some capacity, weeded bourbons were far better than any other bourbon brand out there. Um, but it was something that, you know, early on at least, in the eight, like mid to late 1800s, early 1900s, weighted bourbons perpetuated by those names were um, brands that did not succeed very much early on. Mm. And, but of course... You know, he helped a little bit to kind of thieve and prove, like, hey, these are still very good bourbons, just maybe not what you're thinking as, quote-unquote, good. And, and it, of course, was early on, all those brands were originally produced by Stitzel Weller. Now a lot of those brands produced by either Heaven Hill or... Um, Buffalo Trace, Sazerac, now. Um, and, 
and Stitzel Weller, and a lot of that, of course, was caused by Stitzel Weller's distillation closures in uh, 1972. And about that time was when they ended up introducing the old Fitzgerald bourbon brand in honor of Johnny Fitzgerald. Definitely. Um, of course, after that closure in 72, uh, that was about when they sold the brand to Heaven Hill Distilleries. Um, and to this day, it's still, as far as I, as far as I know, at least, produced under the Heaven Hill conglomerate, for lack of a better name or phrasing there. Um, and this is really where the the old Fitzgerald name began to gain more popularity and really flourish. And it wasn't until, I want to say, mid-2000s or mid-2010s that about the Larceny name, as we know it today, um, was introduced. Well, no wonder I'm so such a big fan of Larceny. I mean... It's they clearly have Larceny has a very close connection with the Buffalo Trace Distillery and Weller yeah. and all that. So of course those are our kind of we, you know yeah. we, a lot of our favorite Fairly products standard come brands out of that, that distillery. Like. So it's not surprising that we love it considering the connection. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I mean it's it's a brand that very much has uh, stayed there with us and with distilleries, historical or current distilleries that we very much like and enjoy to, to an extent. Absolutely. What kind of mash bill are we looking at for Larceny? Uh, I think it's a fairly standard Heaven Hill mash for us. Okay. I think it's actually their standard Heaven Hill mash, which is at least their weeded standard mash, which is 68% corn, 20% wheat, and 12% malted barley. As far as I know, um, I don't remember how long they age it for in the barrel, but that's their standard mash bill for Larceny, at least for Larceny. And then the old Fitzgerald is aged for far longer. Um, unfortunately, we can't really find old Fitzgerald too much around here in Cincinnati. He yeah. kind of got a hunt a little bit for it. For sure. Larceny's aged 6 to 12 years. They don't really... Um, let people know exactly yeah. when the, the larceny is drawn from the barrels, but uh, yeah, that's what they're all, that's what it, they're going with. It's all dependent upon how much they think it's aged and is perfected. Absolutely, I guess. So, what are some of the products there, other than just of course the larceny small batch that we're drinking yeah. today? Yeah. Uh, so, of course, as you mentioned, we're drinking the larceny small batch today, but the only other ones in this kind of in this lineup that we're talking about are the larceny barrel proof. Uh, which is tougher to find than the small batch, and then the old Fitzgerald bottled and bond, which is the toughest to find of all three. Of course, uh, I've seen a couple bottles, but those were like in the I want I want to say in like the eighty hundred buck range. And at the time that I was seeing them, I was just like I I don't want to pay that much for them. Um, not because I haven't heard good things, but I just there were other bourbons that I wanted to buy. Of course. So I mean, it's it's all three I've heard good, heard good things about, but you know, I think to start off, we need to really look at the small batch larceny to see how good they are. 
Definitely. All right, folks, why don't we jump right into the tastings uh, of Larceny here. Pour yourself a glass and we'll be right back and we'll dive right in. All right, folks, now that you have a glass of Larceny straight, uh, you know, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, the 90 proof poured, why don't we go ahead and uh, do the tasting and we'll, of course, as always, start with the nose. Smells very stereotypical Heaven Hill batch to me. Um, Like a very, very heavy oak or like a very, very heavy woody barrel note to me. Little bit of nutty, but far more the barrel wood note to me. I'm also getting some like summer springy. Speaking of spring and summer, I'm getting some very springy summer type fruits, like a little hint of peach and orange. Mm-hmm. A little bit of fruit notes. That's mainly what I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of. Uh, it could almost be like a sh- just like a sweetness where that I, it's almost a sweetness I can't place, but I want to say it's like a an orangey sweetness. Yeah, like like an early like an early spring fruit. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It really lingers on the nose, but in a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's dive into the palate. What are you getting, Andy? I'm not getting a, I'm not getting a whole lot of different flavors. To be completely honest, it's very smooth. With a little, a little like cinnamony spice to it, especially in the finish. Um, to be honest, I'm not getting that cinnamon spice. I'm very much getting a um, standard Heaven Hill, which is very woody, very like oaky flavor to it. A little bit of that nut, but very just very barely. I get some. Oak I get some nutty flavor, flavor to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm getting some more spice and like some sweet spices and that, that you're apparently not picking up, but that, you know everyone has a different palate. That's totally yeah. fine. I'm I'm getting a little bit of cinnamon as well in the in the in the finish, but it's not quite a fruity. Maybe a bit like it's like a, it's some kind of again. I think the fade, the taste, and the finish, and even the smell. The, there, there's some kind of sweetness that I can't quite place. Um, it's there for me, but I don't know. I just can't quite place it in what it is. It's almost like a. A fruity that trades like a baking spice, a, a honey, yeah, something like that. Like there, there's like a, I got, the, I, there's a lot of sweetness and spice combo to it. It's a lot of different flavors that it's like. I feel like it's not that it, there's not a lot of flavors. It's that there are a lot of flavors, but they're hard to pin down really on this one. Yeah, no, I, I don't a hundred percent disagree with you there. I mean, I think there's a lot of those baking spice and oak notes to me there. Yeah, yeah, that I get. I get the more of the baking spice and like the kind of the cinnamon and the, the I get a lot of the spices, not getting a lot of oak and, and wood, but a little bit of nuttiness and nutmegness type. Um, yeah. But there's still a lot. Of, like I said, it's got a really good. It's a really balanced bourbon. Yeah. Especially for the price, with you're getting some spice, you're getting some sweet, you're getting some oak. Really, really big fan. Price point, um, history, and current location. I think it's a great bourbon. Yeah. Yeah, it's Can't definitely not a bad that. bourbon to buy. I mean, it's. You know what? In the twenty thirty dollar range, something yeah, like that. Absolutely, I think I I think I paid thirty thirty bucks for it. Maybe twenty twenty seven. Actually, I think it was twenty seven. Yeah. So it's, it's you know it's not it it's well worth the price to at least investigate as a bourbon. Yeah, and it's a bourbon that a lot of people don't really know about. Uh, they they maybe have they heard of it or maybe a lot of them haven't heard of it. But even a lot of people who have 
you know, they've ever bought it. They don't have it on their shelf. Uh, if you're looking for a bourbon where you want to drink a high quality bourbon, but you don't feel bad about burning through it, like, oh, I don't want to pour my 107. Option. I don't want to pour, you know, the special reserve. Like, there's a, like, you don't want to pour some, like, really high quality bourbons because you're, you're trying to save up on it or whatever it may be. I think this is a great option if you're really looking for a high quality bourbon that people are going to be really impressed with and surprised by. But also, you're not like, oh my God, I'm pouring, you know, my E.H. Taylor for this person. Type exactly. Of I think that's what it's really good for. Yeah. No, you're right there. All right, folks. I think that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the platforms. We're even looking into some new ones we're going to check out. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Share our podcasts, our episodes, especially the ones you like on your social media platforms. Let us Give us some critical feedback. Let us know what you're looking for, what you like. Because um, we really appreciate all your support and all the help you guys give us and all the, the of course, constructive criticism. Uh, I would just say, everyone, have a fantastic week. Pour yourself another glass of whiskey. And don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.